You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast. Hey, Jala, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, shut that door and have a seat, would you? Oh, yeah, hold on one second. It's time for dad, man. Let's get the cat out the room. (laughs) Oh, do you have a cat? I do. I do. An orange one. Okay. What's his name? The name is Vinny, full name Vince, uh, okay. from from the uh, <laughs> from the famed TV show uh, Entourage. <laughs> oh, okay. Little I Vin- thought maybe it was a reference to uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Ah, yeah, it's more modern take. <laughs> no, this is Vinny Chase. Okay, Vinny. Hey, how are you? Uh, whenever whenever there's a comment on like a Breaking Bad YouTube video and they're talking about like. This was improvised. Then they usually follow it up with "Bravo, Vince." So, <laughs> I, all I gotta say to your cat is "Bravo, Vince." Well done, well done. He he, he thanks you. Uh, he thanks you. Okay, uh, we're coming at you live from my studio. We're in the same room as we've discussed. Our beautiful beige uh, walls. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you, folks, it's a beautiful day. It's June. We've reached June, and uh, this this is uh, this is Dad Men. We're currently riding a wave of TikTok fame. We're very excited about it. But, we were hot in these streets. Uh, <laughs> we, we have like 200 views on something. That's pretty insane. Uh, yeah. For, 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 for minimal pr- uh, promotion or, or marketing or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I was in the grocery store the other day. <laughs> um, uh, I was in the grocery store and someone looked at me and, you know, it didn't look like they knew me, but there was that sort of faint glimmer of perhaps they could know me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they gave you the scared uh, dove eye, like, <laughs> from across the room. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they were just looking at me now that I think about it. Uh, okay. And, I, you know, I wasn't really in a grocery store. Uh, I was, uh, I don't go to grocery stores. I I get my food delivered. Like uh, It's very fancy. Some sort of... Uh, Millionaire man. Royal royal king. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, we do have a TikTok, Destiny Park Media. Check it out. We're posting clips from the show. Make I'm sure getting to follow. into that right now. Make sure to follow. And um, I just wanted to say, like, I, one of my favorite parts of a podcast is the top, you know, when, when the hosts are just, like, breaking the ice. Yeah. Um, and it's not really, like, the main meat of the show, but I always really like that part. But, Jala, have you ever t- listened to a podcast and they do that for too long? Yeah, yeah, actually I have. Um especially when not especially I think it's a it's an issue when the podcast itself is already long and then they do a mm. lot of upfront also which just fattens the episode and I mean I mean you're talking to a guy though who like loves like our like over hour long podcasts just cuz I'm a big fan of talk and like long form talk um so it is annoying when it's when it's a lot of a lot of a lot of fat up, up front, but I do love it though. It's almost like a steak. I mean, think about it as a steak. Like I like a little fat and or a decent amount of fat in the steak, but I'm not. I don't want to just bite into you know full fat chunks. You know what I mean? That's a bad analogy. Sure, but but but, uh, <laughs> but but a tasty one nonetheless. <laughs> yes, yes. I I just have always found that kind of interesting because to me that's one of my favorite things about podcasts is the mellow intro. Um, you know, it's almost like that's sort of the podcast version of the uh, the monologue for a talk show. Yeah, for but, sure. 
I have listened to some shows where the the like the top I think the top gets bigger as the hosts start to get a bit uh fuller Season. of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's you you said the polite way and I said the uh <laughs> sort of uh hot take way. I'm still on the but, food food thing, seasoning, steak, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, did you eat, man? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm dying right now. <laughs> That's that's the secret to a good dad man is that Jala doesn't eat, and it's it's not just like the day of the record; it's uh, the whole week. Right, up to just, it. just ravished. <laughs> you ever you ever heard of intermittent fasting? And then the, that's Jala, the person you're talking to, says, "Yeah, I've heard of it." And you go, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing that for about a week." <laughs> right, just just kicking it out. And what I feast on the the episode by the last day, after I watch that episode, just steak, whiskey. You know what I mean? Just just doing it big time. And then you say, yeah, it's sort of like when you're listening to a podcast and they're talking about themselves. <laughs> All right. We brought it full circle. Full circle, um, people. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love that type of thing, but it can be overdone if you're not careful. Just like a steak. Wink. Ooh, there so, we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we're having good vibes. Good mm-hmm. vibes today. Um, the sun is shining. I think I already mentioned that. What am I, Bob Marley? Let's uh, let's get to uh, let's get to the episode. What do you say? Let's do it, man. Uh, Thirty second breakdown. Your turn. Okay. So this episode, before I do the breakdown, I do want to say the title. It's uh, this episode's called Babylon. It was written by Andre Jack Maton and Maria Jack Maton. Yeah, I uh, noticed I that they're a, they're French. They're French. Um... They must, they must be a French husband and wife duo writing team. That's my canon. That's my head canon. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I think they are for sure. Yeah. Um, what a weird statement. I think they are for sure. I think they but, are for sure. <laughs> I like it. But um, So without, thir- without further ado, let's get into the 30-second breakdown. Uh, do you have a timer ready for me? All right. We shall start in three, two... One, go. Sterling Cooper has a new client that is from Israel, and they're asking everyone to broaden their minds by reading the book Exodus. Um, And Don gets help from a friend with that pitch. And what else is there in this episode? Not a lot. Oh, and we finally learn Roger a little bit more about Roger and a little bit more about Joan together. Perfect. We are at one second left. Okay. I'm going to use that second to breathe. <clears throat> Perfect. <sighs> Boom. Uh, Exhale. So Much much so, better yeah. than mine. <laughs> and I had a little breather in the middle there where I'm just like, what's going on this episode, man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. There's another plot. There's some um, weirdness going on. All right. Let's go to the carousel and spin around our little memory tubes. Let's hit it. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent. Sweetheart. So I don't know about you, but for me, I actually have no recollection of watching this episode whatsoever. Um, And it actually got to the point where I was like, wait, this is happening already? Like, it feels like the season just started, and now we're seeing Peggy... um, is starting to make herself uh, noticed yeah, mm-hmm. by the guys, 
you know it's she's a copy she's doing copy now for an ad company you know uh that's that's pretty crazy yeah this is where peggy uh this is where peggy starts to shine bright um yeah now now you know why me and mike love her so much in case you thought she was just some unassuming little secretary well you're you're seeing that oh there's something to her i will say the best scene of the episode for me Mm -hmm. was the scene where uh all the other women in the office or in that room in the office are putting on the lipstick and doing the uh, what they're told by Joan and yeah. the the company. Yeah. And then Peggy's just sitting there and observing everyone, and you can see an idea form in her head. It's it's probably the best scene of the episode and one of my favorites of the season. She's so. taking she's taking it she's taking it all in. Um, you can yeah. you can you can really see like she's not <clears throat> she's not into all the minutia of color lipstick. She's kind of looking around and seeing how the girls are reacting and thinking about it. So it's 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 a uh, the brains on 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 old Pegster. She's a she's a. This is where this is where she starts to take off. So, yeah, and you could see she is paying close attention to the uh, the basket of kisses. Right, know. exactly. So just started it <laughs> off right there. And I, in my memories of the episode, I thought that here's your basket of kisses was more spontaneous than um, it really is. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I didn't notice that she was paying attention to the trash can, but. Uh, that's that's what watching episodes a second time gets you. Is you go, oh, she's a little, she's a smart one. Yeah, because she's it was off the cuff Peggy. a little bit. Like you know, he just told her that he, uh, I believe the guy's name is uh, Freddie. He just Freddie Rumson. Yeah, he just told her to hand him the back uh, ba- uh, basket of uh, tissues, and then she's like, here you go, here's your basket. Here's of your basket of kisses, <laughs> and it, it is brilliant. It is brilliant. Um, now for me. I don't know if it's too soon to say my opinion on the episode. Um, yeah, go ahead. You know, for me, um, I wasn't a big fan of this episode, actually. Ah, I like this. <laughs> I really I like this. I wasn't into it very much at all. Yeah. Um, which is weird because it has two iconic things. It has Peggy uh, becoming creative. Yep. Uh, well, you don't become creative as much as you are creative, but right. showing her creative side. Discovered, and basically. Joan and Roger getting together, I mean, that's a pretty big reveal, I think. Those are two characters Huge. that have had great moments uh, apart from each other, and now we find out they've been having this secret affair. That's yep. kind of kind of steamy. It's a big interesting. time. It's a big time. The old, the old, guy, the old guy swooped her. <laughs> and, you know, in my recollection, uh, Andre and Maria... These are my favorite writers on the show. Oh, I didn't. Yes. Okay, so you already, so you already had, you already had these guys pegged out. I, I after yeah. watching this episode, um, and a sneak peek to how I felt about it, and enjoying it as much as I did, I had to see who, who, uh, who wrote it, and I was like, ooh, I like. I was looking at the names of, oh, their last names are the same. Oh, this is a husband, this is a husband, uh, wife uh, writing duo. I like this. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're my favorite uh, based on what I remember. But I, I don't know. For me, uh, the characters all felt a little. Um, their motives were a little murky. Mm-hmm. They were acting a little bit more exaggerated than usual. Yeah. Uh, in particular, Joan and Don, I th- I thought were a little bit wacky in this episode. But yeah, they were definitely playing playing themselves up a little bit, or at least it felt like, like that a little. I don't know why Joan hated the ad lady or the uh, focus group lady so much, for example. And 
Then Joan is also a sort of aggressive towards Peggy um, when Peggy gets the opportunity. And I don't know. She just seems like she's just snapping at everybody. So I don't think she didn't like the focus group lady. I think the focus group lady was actually trying to impede Joan from helping the girls understand what she was asking for. And then she got annoyed that the lady was like, <laughs> the lady was like, go stand over there <laughs> because, because she was helping them too much with like understanding what she was asking, basically. Like the lady would say something like of a more, I guess, maybe a little bit more complex question about color of lipstick versus how you dress with it. And the girls were like, mm, I don't really, I mean, honestly, just with my nail color, like it wasn't, it wasn't super deep for them, but you know, there's deeper questions coming out and Joan's like, well, it sounds like a trick question. Answer it like this. And then she basically got told off to step aside. Step aside while I ask these questions. And the Peggy thing was pretty much... There's a scene... There's a scene where um, Freddy... Uh, when when um, when Peggy hands the basket of kisses to uh, Freddy... Freddy starts actually kind of asking her questions about her thoughts about the, the lipstick... And what she felt in the room and like trying to pick her brain about, uh, about, about, um, how the experiment went basically. And, um, Joan misinterpreted it as Freddie not being interested in what she had to say about the, um, lipstick, uh, line, but thinking that he was trying to come on to her. And, um, because Joan's used to anybody that pays attention to her in a way that like is very like, you know, in your face and asking stuff is like, uh, just a, a means to an end to get into, you know, their pants, basically. And so I think she, once she finds out that Peggy got a job because of all the questions and how she answered them and how Freddie thought that she did so well, she kind of got put off by that. Like, oh, she, they actually want her to do something like, you know what I mean? Like, that's in, like important and more involved. And I feel like other girls, like we... We don't, we weren't getting those type of chances, et cetera. So this is at least my theory of what's churning in Joan's head. And that's why she's kind of has this little chip on her shoulder a little bit. Like, um, when she presents the news to Peggy, like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be writing copy, but don't basically saying, don't let it get to your head. You still got to do your job. Like, don't think you're just going to turn into a writer and, and you're going to write us all off and be better than us. Basically, this is my headspace sure. that I think that she's thinking about while she's talking to Peggy and where it's coming from and all that stuff. So, yeah. No, that's thank you for that. Cause that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. And I think there's just as much merit as how you, how you described it because you actually helped me understand the possible meaning of the line where she goes, I, I bet you could wish, I bet you wish you could put that in a glass and drink it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really get that line from my reading, so mm -hmm. your reading may be more right than mine, but that's the beauty of this show is that it's not all in the text. It's in the subtext and the meta text. Absolutely. And we can, we can read certain things differently than each other, and we still love the show. Um, yeah. We're, we're two but, minds but meeting together for Dadman. A meeting, a meeting <laughs> of the minds. A meeting of the minds, yes. indeed. <laughs> we have... We don't we don't agree on anything else with <laughs> Mad Men. Right. And that's okay. That's okay, folks. Absolutely. We like that. We don't like music <laughs> or anime or anything like that. So Listen, man. <laughs> anime get out of here with that shit. Music, take a hike. <laughs> take a hike. TV, uh you know, you'll notice that uh I don't have a television in here. 
Nope. I don't see one. I don't see. I don't see one on your uh, beige wall. Not not one. (laughs) Internet. Go. I'll take a net and get rid of any laptop (laughs) I see here and throw it in the garbage. Thank you. Um, But but yeah no. um, Even for an episode that I'm not a huge fan of, there's still a lot to like. Um, I'm trying to think of of the other stuff that I liked in the episode. I. you know, Joan and, and Roger together, there's a lot of potential for these two characters. Um, and I do think it was interesting the way it was written. Um, both of them are kind of more vulnerable than you might expect in a typical affair where Roger's kind of jealous that she has male friends that she sees. And she's honest and says she'd get, she doesn't say she'd get lonely, but she implies it um, yeah. if she were to if she were to live in an apartment by herself and then just wait around for Roger, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Hence the bird, um, <laughs> yeah, the bird, um, the bird that cannot see them make love. You know, yes. they throw the towel over it. That was smart because that bird, that bird would have been traumatized. Um, <laughs> With that bird. Or too seen. into it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too into it. No, but yeah, um, I think the only other thing to note for me, I think the, the scene where Don is making Mother's Day breakfast. Oh, Betty's speech where she talks about that being intimate with Don is all she thinks about. Mm. That's the scene that stuck with me throughout, throughout the whole rest of the series. And um, for years after I watched the series, that's one of my favorite Betty moments uh, because it's so it's a deep line. simple. It's, a, it's simple and yet achingly sad for mm-hmm. me. The idea of that's all she thinks about, like... And she waits for it all day and all, you know, every day she wants it. And um, she's not just talking about sex when she says she wants him. Right. Um, That's the underto- but just undertone. Being, but... Yeah. But being close to him and getting to know him. And as much as Don keeps ass- assuaging her fears and saying, you have me. In her subconscious, she knows that's not true. Right, and uh, that's why she. This is almost this achingness. <clears throat> she she really wants to have Don. She's saying I want you, but she's saying I want to have you only you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not what you think you're doing. She doesn't know, but like, you know, women feel. I think a lot. I mean, men feel too, but. I feel like sometimes it's um, you can really have a feeling about something before knowing about something. Sometimes. Oh sure, no, no. I I, I had that same thing happen in a, a a previous relationship of mine where, like, you you just kind of know when someone's not in it. And, yeah. And all the way. Yeah, um, yeah. That's better. Uh huh. Yeah, or, or you could tell when they have lost it and you're the one reaching to try to keep them and you just think that if you're good enough if you try hard enough and if you do the right stuff to not uh upset them or make them feel uh uncomfortable then they'll the love will come back you know or the love will come for the first time right yeah that too (laughs) yeah because it's like there's the chemistry of you two wanting to spend time together but that just means you like being around each other. That doesn't mean they love you. Right, you know? right. True, true, true. Exactly. Well, you, they, they might just like you because you... Uh, well, anyway, that's for my segment of the show, I suppose. That's right. Um, that's right. Mm-hmm. The pit of <laughs> but, chair. Um, I do like how the Don flashback is shot. I'm not sure I've seen another show 
make the past converge onto the present like that, where he's looking at his past version of himself. Um, when he's bringing the, the stuff up to Betty for Mother's Day, he falls down the stairs and at the bottom of the stairs, he looks at his old life as Dick Whitman. And yep. we got to see Uncle Mac, which uh, is a guy that Adam Whitman talked about last week. Yep. And, um, you know, much ink has been spilled about the uh, the young Adam, or sorry, the young Dick Whitman scenes and uh, the kid who plays Dick Whitman. And um, I think he does a great job in future episodes. But um, I think there's just something a bit off about how it's shot and how everyone's acting in that flashback. And it feels a little little lower quality than most of the show. That's just my opinion. I think it it feels a little bit more theatrical and, yeah. and less realistic. Like, I mean, Mad Men isn't super realistic, but it's a heightened version of our reality. Whereas... Right. That doesn't feel real quite yet, and you could say it's because of the the fact that it's like a dreamlike fantasy. That's what I was going. That's kind of what I was going to get at. I think. Oh, sorry. No, uh, no, you're good. <clears throat> I was just I, thinking I just that as you were saying it. I I was just you know the thing I would just say is I'm not sure they pulled that one off. Um, mm. but you know it's it's a show that comes out. Uh, and when it's done, it's done. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they only have so much time to work on these things. So the fact that they do pull off cinematography that's, like, movie level every week most of the time. Absolutely. That's that's the thing to focus on. Not that one scene didn't totally work for me. Yeah, but, um, for sure. Yeah. So I guess for me, this episode is more like a... God, you know, I want to say three. But okay. we've had a, a few threes. And... Uh, the Don plot in this episode for me was just a complete ah, non-starter. Yeah. I, was, I was not into it, so I think I'm going to give it a 2.5 Manhattan. Lowest episode rating. Yes. For me, yes. Yes. I, uh, you know, it, it could be just a me thing, you know? No, it's okay, because um, I think this, um, <clears throat> the way you explained it, when and, and when you step back and look at the episode... Um, um, you can some sometimes it feels like there's not a lot going on. Um, for me, th- this episode for me has some of my favorite lines in it that I've heard. Um, a lot of that front, a lot of that carried by the weight of um, Miss Mankin. Um, I loved a lot of what she was doing in this episode. She has a ton of quotables. Um, but, um, no, I really, I really enjoyed not only the writing in this episode, but, um, the direction too. I, I can't say for certain, but I feel like this show started a lot of, TV dramatic editing that hadn't been seen previously on TV. That's a really big statement. And I can't even like confirm that or not. But I feel like after Mad Men, I started to see uh, the the years following started to see um, shows that would have similar dramatic ending scenes. At the end of this episode, we get the um, we get the s- 
slow pan of each character that was in the episode and like what they're doing at the time. We get Betty and um, we get Betty and the daughter. They're doing their thing. It cro- fades into um, fades into um, Joan and uh, Sterling leaving the or sitting at the hotel g- getting ready to leave. You get Don in the uh, in the uh, the beatnik club um, concentrating on the Babylon song that's being sung. So you get these like fade ins of like each character and what they're doing toward the end of the episode. Um, I really like that. I really, really love that direction. And I feel like I hadn't seen that previously on dramatic TV shows. And I almost think that that was fading into each character and what they're doing at the end of each episode, at the end of the episode hadn't happened in Mad Men yet until this episode. Now that's a big reach, but I don't, I, We've had, I think, thus far for direction, we've had scenes where, especially like in the first episode, where it's Don <clears throat> at a static position and a fade out, or like a, a pullback, I mean, a camera pullback to see the full picture of the scene. I've seen stuff like that in this episode, or sorry, in this show, but I don't remember seeing the multi-character end of the episode timeline fade to black that I've that I've seen yet. Um, so I really enjoyed I really really enjoyed the direction of uh, of, of this episode as well as the writing. Um, big uh, big Rachel Mangan fan. I mean, obviously we know that from <laughs> previous episodes when Ra- when Rachel appears. Um, she she's uh, she's really great in it. Um, I love and obviously I love her and Don's weird little thing that they have this weird chemistry thing that she's aware of. And she, she makes it clear when she's talking to uh, her sister, I believe on the phone about it. And, um, one of my favorite lines in the show ever, um, is when she's on the phone with the sister and the sister's like, I don't know why you're so cynical. You know, she basically telling her sister that she found that someone that she has chemistry with and, but she's not sure about him. She just starts dropping quotables. She's saying stuff like, <laughs> he has a very limited um, capacity, <laughs> which is basic, without saying like he's married. She has this, this way of speaking. He's very limited capacity right now. Um, and basically at the end of the call, though, she basically tells her, you know, well, her sister's like, you know, you can marry, you can, you can, um, you can marry for love. Like we don't, this is not like the olden days where it had to be, arranged and this and that and you're a modern woman and you should be able to have fun and do what you want to do and she kind of counters counters back and says you know because some the the quote my favorite quote uh because sometimes things come good things but there's no future in them which i i just fucking i love that i love that quote um that's a good one it's it's a it's a really it's one of my favorites and um, I think it rings true just in life in general. Sometimes things can appear and but you know that there's no there's not many places you can go with it. It doesn't always have to be relationship wise too. I think it can be about things that come as well. You know what I mean? Job opportunities, yeah. people, friends, even. Um, 
And so I just, I just think that line really hits. So I love that line. Um, and that speaking of lines, a uh, good old Joan, she drops, she drops, she drops one of our lines, uh, that I'm going to, I mean, we already say it in the episode, but her delivery of it is, you know what they say? The medium is the message. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yep. when she said that, I was like, there it is. There's the line right there. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, and that's sort of Joan being spiteful because it's like, hey, you know, they didn't want to tell you themselves. They had me tell you. So that's, exactly. the, that's the message. <laughs> me, I, they're having me tell you instead of them. And they, they were very specific about that. Yes. Make sure to yeah, tell very them. specific. She was spicy. Very specific. She, she was yeah. very spicy that, that, that end episode. She, she wasn't feeling she was. that Peggy got, the, got, the, got, the, got that look. Got the look uh, from, the, from, the, from the big boss guys. So. Yeah. Um, but no, Joan. Obviously, Joan. Joan in this episode plays a. <laughs> she plays a very fun role, uh, aside from her spice. Um, you know what's? I'll give you a little anecdote. Something funny. Uh, All right. That involves Joan in this episode particularly. Um, wow. You know. <laughs> you know how people name their cars when they get them, right? Like sometimes, sometimes people will name their cars. You know, give them whatever name. I think around the time when we were watching the show, or I was re-watching it or watching it with that, I can't remember, we had gotten a new, um, we had gotten a new red, um, Honda Civic hatchback model. Um, it was the new design, so it's kind of like, it's a hatchback, so like the back end's a little bit, like, bigger. Um, and I remember, I think, I think, I don't remember if we were talking about naming the car, but I think we were watching this episode, and Joan in the red dress. We thought Joan red dress, Honda red Honda Civic hatchback, and I was like, "The car, the car's name is Joan." <laughs> this Perfect. Is, <laughs> I was like, "This is Joan." It's it's yeah, a very it, yeah it's a very shapely car, and it's got like. Is a hatchback, so it's got a lot of it's got a, a lot of room in the back. You know what I mean? And and Joan is you know Joan is Joan. Let's just say Joan is Joan, especially in this episode with the with the yeah. red dress <laughs> with the red dress. Yeah, <laughs> this is um one of Joan's most iconic episodes. I think that's the the uh, outfit that most th- most people remember her uh, wearing. I think that's like an iconic. Yeah, I think you're her. right. I think you're right. The uh, the scene where it's the focus group and it's the. Uh, uh, one-way glass yeah um which by the way i don't get why sal is saying that it should be called two-way glass do you get that um no actually i don't okay because because if okay. you actually really think about it like if you see through to them and they can't see you why would it be two-way i don't know yeah i don't know and that's why i wanted to say to sal what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> The, one the, way that that's that was the flaw in this episode that one line from Seth <laughs> drove me nuts. So you know I have the OCD stuff. I kept rewinding and I kept saying, "What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> no, when he said it, I was like, "What?" And then I just kind of moved. On. I was like, "Better I to forget about it." Yeah, that I was, was like, weird. "That doesn't make sense." I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from it. <laughs> uh, but you know that scene is, uh, hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be brave. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I thought it was very sexist, actually. But um, pretty. It's pretty funny. It uh, is pretty funny. Um, but 
Jones Kinsey playing it up it. too because she knows that she knows that <laughs> she knows what's going on with the mirror. She knows Roger's probably there, and yeah. uh, but she also, you know, what I found interesting is there's almost a moment of defiance where she basically turns around, but she's not giving a look like, oh, you boys like that, like maybe some lesser show would would do. She's yeah. turning around and giving him a look like, fuck you, you know, you pigs. Or or or, 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 or uh, yeah, or I I hope you like that. Like, but in like the spiciness of this of of her, in the spiciness that she has in this episode, you know what I mean? The mm. kind of like the energy where she's like, I don't mean I hope you like that, but it was almost like this is is this what you wanted type of thing? You know what I mean? All right, okay, she, I can get she, behind that. Yeah, no is pun this intended. What, yeah. oh, come on, man. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's Don't good. quote me on that. That's now I'm just so, as bad as Paul Kinsey, where he says, "Does anyone mind if I take off my, my pants?" Yeah, that was corny. You know, yeah, so that's... it looks like she's giving me a blowjob, as it were. And then everyone's like, "All right, <laughs> hey, jeez, dude, enough." Um, yeah, this this episode does have some really like man sleazy shit in this episode too. Um, yeah, and and the so I don't know why I think I was like more blind to like anti Jewish. Uh, sentiment. Yeah, but like a lot of that. Too. This episode has a lot of that, and I'm laughing just because it's so like, how did I miss this? But yeah, they really. What I thought Rachel, the line that Rachel had that I liked was she said, you know, it, we we're used to people doing business with, a, or we're used to doing business with people who hate us. And mm. Don, of course, is self centered and says, I don't hate you. And Rachel kind of calls him on it and says, No, individuals are great. Another um, so fucking that's banger line. line. She listen. Rachel's you, she a great character. It. Yeah, she's a she, great character stuck in a plot that I think right now it's pretty unsatisfying for me to watch. Yeah, uh, this is the calm before the storm, so to speak, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, not to give, but I just, I think I just that's feel why bad for her. Is, oh, go. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad for her, and I don't know why she's doing what she's doing. And maybe that's you could say that's love. Sometimes we get involved with people that we know we shouldn't. We just absolutely. keep inching closer to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure that we've gotten enough time with Rachel to see that taking place. You know what no, I mean? No, like, no. I, 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 I agree with that. Um, the thing with Rachel that I'm starting to see. Well, I think I kind of saw it even a little bit earlier, but you start to see it more. Is that she has not had the connection with a man that she has wanted in her like i don't think she's been in a place where she i think she even says it when she earlier when she meets don doesn't she say she's never been in love or something like that yeah they they both connect over that at that dinner before we know that don has a wife and kids exactly and um that was to me saying that the the interactions with men or the you know relationships i've had in the past didn't stimulate me really in in that way and um when she meets don that changes and it's a weird feeling for her and she doesn't really know what to do with it like she at first she kind of does because it's very intriguing and fun and i think she gives it a go um in the episode when they're on the roof but then don reveals on the roof that this can't actually move any yeah this actually can't move it much further because of my you know because of my you know marital situation even though we have my situation exactly we we we, <laughs> <laughs> we we have this chemistry we both feel it but unfortunately this can't this can't move anywhere and for rachel that sucks because she's like shit this was working like th- i was feeling that and that's why you catch her now in a position where she's just really trying to stonewall it because 
she knows it can't go anywhere. That's why I love that fucking line so much. The because sometimes things come good things, but there's no future in them because sure it it's 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 a culmination of 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 what she's experiencing um with 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 Don and in this in this episode and it's it's absolutely true. So yeah, man, uh, Rachel killing him with that. I also love the line you well you you brought up the line actually where um. Where she says the part about, um, yeah, uh, strive strive to do business with uh, people who hate us. Uh, deep quote. It makes me think about the uh, some of the parallels in community that black that black Americans and Jewish community share um, in a similar way. Uh, I I also feel that. Uh, black community has a, a relationship that's like that with the masses. You know what I mean? The people, especially in America. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of commonality in that regard. Um, so when she said that, I felt that line. I thought that was, uh, I thought it was a, and I hadn't heard it even said like that either. Like that, that type of, this is why I love her though. Cause she's so fucking smart. Um, it's an attractive thing of the, how smart she is. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah. Thank you for, uh, making that comparison because yeah that's a, a good point um i think that my favorite line from the whole episode i want to i want to say this before we go into any, another segment yeah for um, sure. so when don brings up the word utopia rachel thank says you. thank you they taught us at barnard about that word utopia the greeks had two meanings for it utopos meaning the good place and utopos meaning the place that cannot be and uh we're simpatico it's, it's, buddy it's their the two line I was gonna bring up. <laughs> that's their two worldviews, you see. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Don thinks it's uh, Utopia is the uh, the good place. He's looking for the good place this whole show. Ah, well, that count. Sorry, I, that's Mike, not a spoiler, but <laughs> Mike, that that's fucking good, yo. I didn't actually put the two pieces together that one person held one view and the other person actually held the other version of the meaning. Well done. Well yeah. done. Thank Very you. Well done. Thank you. And you know what? I thought of it myself. I didn't even ask anybody for help. So, yeah, pretty good. Uh, but I, that's my opinion. I think that Don is forever the person who thinks Utopia is just one running away uh, away. Mm-hmm. Run running <laughs> Phrase away. Phrase that away. poorly. <laughs> just one, one running away away from finding Utopia. And uh, Rachel says this can't be. From, from the first moment, she's sort of doubting that this can work out even before she knows he's married you know yeah yeah um, for sure for sure but yeah dude uh, it's a struggle it's a struggle with their their relationship i really i want to bump it to three i think i'm gonna i i, I want to so, bump it to three get what's your rating you're gonna be surprised okay i'm giving i'm giving i'm giving it i'm giving a solid four Good i'm not deal. surprised it's, it seemed like you're gonna four. give it a four yeah, I, okay, um, cool. The the writing is 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 really to me is one of my faves uh, from uh, the husband husband and wife duo. The direction I thought was really good. They did a lot with little, I think, because this episode to me is like um, a middle space in t- to it, 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 it. Like I said, a calming before the storm type of episode for me. I think, and you, it's a lot of setup of things, you know. We get the reveal of Joan and Sterling. Uh, 
a, a little funny thing that happened <laughs> when Sterling's daughter is like basically coming on to Don without actually coming on to him, but you know, saying hello. I got that too. Yeah, I felt like, that vibe too. Yeah, <laughs> she. You know, I mean, Don is Don. This is just like another instance of like Don being viewed as like the man. Especially in the office, so... Like Betty's friend, when Betty's friend says, I'll join you in the shower. Exactly. Don knows who he is. Uh, everyone Don knows, knows who Don is. A... Yeah, exactly. Don knows he's hot, okay? What do you want us to do about it? It does. You want us to say he's not hot? This, this is the thing. Don and Joan know that they're hot. And yes. they come in together. I think uh, Sterling's wife even says, what a... Attract. I don't even remember what the her line. What was. a Some, lovely couple. Something what a like lovely that, couple. So. Yeah, we know. We know that these are the these are the hot. The, this is the hot uh, two piece in the office. So. Well, if if there was a couple that actually looked that good, it would be. It wouldn't work. You know what right? I mean? They would, right. 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 There would there would be out. yeah. There would be some issue. <laughs> it, wouldn't <work. laughs> it wouldn't work. You you know when two magnets come together, they actually push. Push away from each other. You yeah, see what I mean? two, two souths and two norths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm. So you're doing a four, I'm and I'm gonna four. I'm gonna bump it up to a three because I've already named several lines and highlights from the episode. I I, I think that you know maybe I was just a little uh, cranky when I watched this episode, or not cranky, but maybe had a case of the anxieties. Um, it's a, it, it it can sit a little flat from first glance, I think. So I understood where where you were coming from. I don't mind when there's a Mad Men episode where nothing happens. We've talked about that. I can vibe with point. that. That's a good point. I love I love those episodes sometimes where it's just like, oh, that was just day at the office. Right, right. <laughs> but but I don't know. For me, the vibe was off in this episode. Maybe it's just the ang- the anxiety, the undercurrent of anxiety in this episode. And we're halfway through the season now. Oh, that's right. We are. Think we about are that, dude. Halfway through. I didn't I didn't realize it, but yeah, six out of thirteen. That's uh, more than half. Yeah, we're making it. We're making it. Well, we're gonna start hitting. We're gonna start hitting the hitting the show with the with a with a with a, a sprint. So, um, I guess it's not more than half. I think it's like a little bit less than half because yeah. six out of twelve would be half. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little, a little less. We don't know that. math. It's okay. Yeah. We're not the math men. <laughs> <laughs> now we we have to find if that's a real podcast. We have to find that and start a rivalry with them. And oh, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> You guys are a bunch of nerds. Um, well, according to our calculations, you guys are old and you're going to die soon. Hey, what the fuck? Too what, far, man. That was a lot of shots. That was a lot of shots. I mean, I guess I, I guess I drew first blood there. So. <laughs> you drew first blood. All right. So Sterling's gold. Cue the sound clip. Remember, Don, when God closes a door, he opens a dress. For me, it's just a simple one. I uh, I really only remember one line that made me laugh, and it was when uh, Sterling's daughter says, "I like your hair, Daddy. It makes you look old." Because <laughs> <laughs> he he said he liked her hair. Uh, it makes her look, or he liked her her ponytail. Makes yeah. her look young. Right. He didn't want her to get rid of it. Um, right. And you know, it's kind of the classic thing where the dad slash guy has an opinion about a girl's hair, and she she zaps him back. Yeah, it's also the father uh, daughter is always my baby. Yeah, uh, viewpoint where he's like, "Don't yes. grow too fast." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's flirting with Don, and oh my god, I know. 
that's so <laughs> awkward because she's technically not doing anything wrong that anyone could call out. No, that that was the beauty of the flirt. It was it was um, it was all eyes and uh, tone. <laughs> it's the thing where it's the thing where if someone were to call her out, they they would look bad. Yeah, you'd um, look insane. Like, what are you talking about? She just said hello. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm an I'm an ally, uh, even when people don't want me to be. I see you out there, buddy. I see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the front lines. I'm on the front lines. I'm a white. You ever heard the expression "the white knight"? I don't know. Nah, you talking? You talking about? Uh, you talking about Moon Knight, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that brings us to the podcast sponsor, Disney Plus. Uh, improve your life by by one plus point. And watching Moon Knight. <laughs> and watching Moon Knight. He's Egyptian. And now we have we have a sound clip from the show right here. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm Egyptian. That's nuts. Hey, Mark. <laughs> Hello, Stephen. I'm Moon Knight. Wait, I thought I was Moon <laughs> I have no idea about the show. I haven't watched one frame of it. Oh, me neither. Me neither. I just saw the advertising. I know he has, he has multiple personalities, and uh, one of them is named Mark, and one of them is named Stephen, I think. And there's a third guy. Mm, you know more than I do, honestly. <laughs> Thank you for admitting it. I thought I thought the outfit looked cool, and I always thought that character was like a cool concept. You know, well, I don't want to get into it. Let's, <laughs> <I'm not>. gonna... <laughs> Let's get back to your Sterling's gold. I'm sorry that I brought up. Uh, <laughs> I made a fake promo for a show I haven't seen. That's true. I think I might have brought up Moon Knight, <laughs> but um, my Sterling's gold for this episode. Um, nothing that I was like chuckling over. I just um, I thought Sterling. Uh, saying that uh, he was like huh she used to love being in my office and i think he was talking i'm pretty sure he was talking to his wife right he was talking about or was his, he talking about his daughter i think he was talking about his that's an interesting point i think it could be either one of them um, right and that's why it was a kind of clever he was saying that she she used to love being in his office and i thought he was being like cheeky by saying that like saying like his wife would come to his office and you know they would do you know you know how sterling rolls like yeah, <laughs> they would uh they would they would be doing some extracurriculars in his office or something like that. That's what I that's my first thought of that line when he said it. But then now thinking about, it, I'm like, wait, was he talking to his daughter when he said that? But he was he was talking to Don. But I think it was about his daughter only because they chose to do a cool edit where mid conversation with Don, it cuts to him in the hotel room with Joan, and he's talking right. about his daughter at that point. Right. So that's why I think it's his daughter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other line that he says is, um, it wasn't a funny line, but, uh, he's in the, speaking of, they're, they're in the hotel, it's, uh, Sterling and, uh, Joan. And I think Joan's basically, like, talking to him, like, wait, can't we just keep our relationship like this, and da-da-da-da-da, and, and he basically, at the end of her diatribe, he's basically like, whatever you want, Rip. <laughs> just basically proceeds to make out with her, I thought that was, like, a little, you know, slick little sterling line not not so much for comedy but um just some funny lines sterling's had said in the episode that i enjoyed uh a line at the meeting uh mm -hmm. about the the cruise company that wants to you know go to israel yeah. um i i did like when uh <laughs> when don brings up the bible and then the guy says hey let's not bring that up again <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there <laughs> they keep doing these little subtle jabs and talking about how they are men of faith and they like the bible men mm -hmm. of christian faith and like christian the faith 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's let's go easy on that, yeah. the guy says. Which is <laughs> <laughs> basically like, hey, you're about to you're starting to offend me a bit. Uh, right. He could but, he could have uh, he could have said Old Testament versus New Testament though. Oh jeez. <laughs> Which one's your little, favorite? Mine's yeah, little, little religion joke there, guys. Uh, but but yeah, no, I um other than that, um I think uh, a funny part is when they have that section where Betty's talking about Joan Crawford and oh. saying how ugly she is now and how she looks so old and um the line about how she has eyebrows that look like caterpillars were pasted on mm-hmm. that section was interesting because it sort of like uh continues the plot thread about betty seeing her therapist in a subtle way where she's starting to sort of spiral about looks and if i look like that then put me uh on an ice flow or don says he's gonna put her on an ice flow You're so right. i don't know i took that maybe it's just because i listened to your edit of that episode today but uh i took that as a sort of callback to that episode and she does sort of get it under control and uh, talks about her doctor and the book he recommended to her. And Yeah. Um, by the way, Don is reading a lot in this episode. He's a little bookworm. We love oh, that. Oh, thank, thank, thank you for bringing that up. That was, um, that was something I uh, had mentioned or wanted to mention. Um, books play a decent role in the show. Yes, they do. Um, they keep coming back up. You know? Yeah, they, they, they'll show themselves more and more. And hopefully during, hopefully during the show... I can get de- get to the bottom of each book and what it's referencing and and why um, and 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 who and who and what character it's like referencing to. I think mostly it's all always pointing to Don and his struggles and things like things of that nature. Yes. But, um, I, w- I want to dig into that more as we as we go through the show into the season. So maybe you'll be able to be able to help me along that that uh, that that journey. Well, I did look at uh, the books that he read in this episode, and I, I read about them a bit. And uh, The Best of Everything is by Rona Jaffe. I think mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce her last name. Yeah. Um, seems to be a more uh, like female-centered story, like a Sex in the City type of thing for back then. Right. Which okay. is why they're so scandalized by it. And um, Betty is mentioning how the movie's even worse. Um or something like that. No, no, no. The movie is pretty bad. And then Don says, this is even worse or something like that. <laughs> um, like, But it's interesting that they're having Don read that book and not Betty. because. And I'm not saying women only women read women-centered stories, but it's just an interesting choice that the writers of Mad Men made. Yeah, um, this, is, this, is what I, this is what I mean. I think each book has a meaning for Don. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I even remember that from later on in the show. He still he reads lots of books that relate to the current plot of the show. So absolutely, yeah. um, Exodus is is just a historical fiction novel that details how uh, the state of Israel came to be created. So it's a weird thing where not weird, but it's an interesting type of teaching that people do where they sort of teach you history by sneaking in a or they sneak in real useful history with a yep. fun fictional story that's more. Uh, energized and more, I think action, yeah, action oriented or adventure, yeah. adventure oriented. Yeah, for um, sure. Which I think is cool. Yeah. So, and you know, in a way, Don is trying. He he's doing the Exodus, and he's trying to find a better life. And you know, that one's a little forced by me, but he, they can't all be good. My metaphors can't all be good. Yeah, it's it, it it it'll be interesting to try to build that that build those blocks together as as, as we move through the show. Like like little baby. 
Um, little baby. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now it's time for Mike's mental health nook and pied de terre, I believe. With it, buddy. So uh, it's a real quick one. Uh, when Don is having lunch with Rachel Menken, um, and you know he's starting to get closer to her, and he is complimenting her and flirting with her. Uh, he should not have done that. Um, I thought that was a little bit bad. And I think he still has, he still has a wife and kids, right? Michael, come now, come now. <laughs> come on. It's the sixties. I know, I know, now. but she, she's a liberated woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting how there's an interesting device in fiction where like one person who doesn't know the full story of mm-hmm. the other character gives them what could be really good advice, but because of the timing of the advice, it's actually horrific advice. Um, Interesting. I'm not sure that that's horrific advice, but it is pretty, it's going down a pretty destructive path if she chooses to follow that advice. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, um, it's at least cloudy and mucky. It's really hard to see what's on the other side of that. I mean, but, uh, yeah, the, that was a little bit satirical, you know, that's, okay. that's my whole goal with every episode is to say you shouldn't cheat on your wife. <laughs> Cause remember there was that one week where we had a enraged listener who actually did cheat on his wife. Uh, oh, I remember that guy. Believe. I remember that guy. That guy that's was right. nuts. That guy went nuts because we didn't put it in the hit, the pied de section. And he said, well, here I go. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the case, the litigation is ongoing and, uh, we we, have, we we ha- caught him on tape though we when he we caught him we caught him I, th- <laughs> we, I think well, ladies and gentlemen we caught him but we have not <laughs> known peace we have not known peace since that happened and uh, I have not slept since that happened since then yeah he's killing he's killing us he's really killing us <laughs> killing us yeah his lawyers are pretty good man um, but anyway uh, so cover your ass and say just, that he shouldn't do what he should have did you know that that, that yeah. Point. Yeah, he says it's my fault. But uh, so just a reminder, don't cheat on your wife, folks, or your husband, actually, um, mm-hmm. or your partner, like in any, you know, any sort of partner that you have, boyfriend, girlfriend, because, you know, we, we caught some flack for not saying don't cheat on your boyfriend, don't cheat on your girlfriend. Oh, right. Don't right, cheat on your partner. Of course. Of course. Um, don't cheat on your test. Don't cheat on your, uh, <laughs> I can't think of another thing to cheat on after test. Yeah. Uh, I was going to fill in the gap there, but I actually went in a mental blank as well. <laughs> don't cheat on your form when you're lifting weights because you're not going to get swole Ooh, if you, I like if that. You cheat. I like that. That's creative. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I just feel sad for Betty in this episode because it's a Mother's Day start. But it is. the episode <laughs> makes, it co- makes it clear that it's not going to be about Betty at a certain point. Um but, you know, once again, we sort of got into the relationship stuff early on in the show. And I think I said everything I needed to there about how you have sort of a subconscious knowledge of how your relationship is doing. Mm-hmm. And you can sometimes become desperate without being able to put it into words in real life. And that's the anachronistic thing about relationships is if you're if you're not mindful about this stuff, you can really lose track of uh, how, how you're doing. You can right. focus so much on getting the relationship back that you don't realize that you're unhappy in the relationship and it's not your fault. It's just not working out. And right. uh, Betty couldn't put into words what she wants from Don if she tried, I don't think. Like, she's just so lost because she, she puts so much faith in this guy because he's the breadwinner and he's the 
big strong man of the house and right. um playing the stereotypical yeah. role i guess i think the undercurring the undercurrent plot of this season is that betty is really suspicious of don but she can't right. put it into words yet she's she's seeing the helen bishop and she's hearing about helen bishop's husband cheating and mm-hmm. it's all starting to get her a little uh on edge and a little nervous about her perfect her perfect idyllic suburban life that's i think the main betty plot of this season no no that was perfect absolutely i you as you were as you were saying what you were saying it it made me i just it just hit me maybe maybe i'll save what i'm gonna say for my dad break because it'll fit more it'll fit perfectly for for that for that space we should keep score on him in the in both those sections because i think Uh right now he's at a negative like 500 as a husband yeah. Um, oh, that's right. That's actually as romantic, like the romantic mental health stuff. Yeah, um, for sure. But the uh, he might be doing better in the dad score. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, do better, Don. I have a feeling that you're going to turn around after this episode and the rest of the series. You're going to be really uh, stand up guy. Because yeah, what's the saying? Cheaters. Uh, Cheaters don't cheat. They don't cheat again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cheat me once. You ain't gonna shame, cheat me again. Sh- shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> cheat me twice. You ain't, you ain't gonna cheat me again. Oh man. Oh, good old George Bush. <laughs> George W. George at your service. <laughs> All right. Um, so on that note, I think it's time for the dad break, my friend. Dad break time. And we had a cool little bass line that we did the other day. But damn, dad break. Dad break. Brought so, to you by. Uh, <laughs> no, no bleeps this set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No ear piercing bleeps. Yeah, I try to. Yeah, is that too loud? By the way, no, okay, no, it wasn't. No, it was good, good, good. Thank God. I was like, <laughs> I try to really crush it because it's a loud beat. <laughs> but um. So, dad break this week, man. Um, something has happened, man. I've been... I've been running into a couple of movie trailers. For one, it's weird that I'm running into movie trailers because I don't really see them that often because I don't have terrestrial TV to see commercials. And I usually okay. try to keep ads away from me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm that annoying guy that pays for um, YouTube red or whatever it is where it's like no ads because i can't stand ads um i'm right i'm right there with you i don't do it but i bought it for um my mom for christmas and Mm -hmm. it has it's been so much better to have youtube without ads it's amazing Um, i i did that for myself a few years back but not currently i need to though yeah no i can't send the ads so i gotta i I gotta pay to, to to shoo them away um but i've seen four movie trailers that I'm intrigued to see. Now, <clears throat> you know, what's what's so special about that? I, lo- I love movies, but I don't love movies as much as I love TV, for one. And for two, um, I don't know if you could categorize me as a quote-unquote movie guy. Um, my wife is a movie person. So I think a movie person is somebody that will watch a movie... Not knowing what it's about, really, but just intrigued, maybe. They give a lot of things chances, 
not knowing maybe even what the movie's about, or maybe they see like a picture of something and it's like, let me see what this is about. And they'll watch a movie, sit through the whole thing and be like, yeah, I didn't like that movie. Or they'll sit through it and be like, I'm actually surprised that was really good. Like they find gems. Movie people like dig, they'll, they'll hear about movies and they'll just watch them off the cuff and they'll be like, I didn't really like that or I really enjoyed this. Like they really sampling, sampling of, 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 of what's going on in the scene. For me, I have to really be, intrigued by a trailer for a movie the direct uh or the director who's doing it i gotta be a huge fan of that person or a huge fan of like the main actor so it's either i gotta either be spiked by the idea spiked by the director or spiked by the um the the people that are in the movie um and i've had Four four trailers that sparked my interest. So I'm going to go through them. Okay. I haven't seen any of them yet. So I've seen four trailers that sparked my interest. I'm going to list out the four. So these four movies I have not seen yet. Um, but I'm going to make it a point to go see, try to see all four of them if I can. If I can. Uh, number one. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Been hearing a lot of buzz about this movie. And it's been getting a lot of really good reviews. And um, I've seen a trailer for it. And I'm just really intrigued by the idea. Sounds really creative. Um, Also, from the outside looking in, an original idea. And I really love original idea movies. Um, Remakes, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of. Tropes and things that are very similar. I'm kind of getting tired of. Kind of want to see more newer ideas, we- weirder stuff. And uh, I think that movie um, looks like it's going to fit the bill. So I'm really, I, I'm going to make. I really want to see that. Do you have a? Have you seen that movie? I've seen it. What do you think about it? Um, I would tell you that uh, it is fun. It's a genre movie, and mm-hmm. it's the first time I've seen a movie in theaters in a long time where I feel like it's. It's going to stand out as like something essential that you should see uh, right. from the year 2022. And uh, it's it's like something like, uh, I don't want to set your expectations at all. I'm not talking about quality here, but yeah, it's the type of movie that really, it, it just seems like a classic. I mean, yeah, it, it, like, like Escape from, uh, oh, what is it? Big Trouble in Little China. That type yeah. of weird genre movie. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, it reminded me of that movie, though. Um, it stands out. It just stands out. Like, just this weird thing where you're like, man, I'm glad movies like this are getting made that exactly. are original. They have a budget, but it's not soulless. It's The main thing, Jala, is that it's a uh, it's a story-driven movie, and then the multiverse stuff is fun on yes. top of the good story. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not a multiverse-driven story. Or sorry, multi multiverse driven movie, and then okay, there's a boring story underneath all the fun, you know. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So yeah, and that's and that's I, why I'm intrigued I think by you'll it. Enjoy every, it. Yeah, absolutely. I think every, I've been hearing a lot of really good things. Um, I'm and I'm in it for the the interesting, weird, and different. Um, if you can if you can execute it well, so I want to see that. Uh, number two on the list that intrigued me. Saw the trailer for this. Thought it looked insanely wild. Um, the Northman. So the Northman is a. Um, it looks like it, it's it, it looks like a dramatic kind of like um, adventure action 
uh, thriller type movie. Uh, the director of that is Robert Robert Eggers, and I guess he did um, the Lighthouse. Is it? Yep. And the the Vivich, the Vivich, the Village, or the Witch. No, yeah. no, the Vivich. Oh, it's, oh the- <laughs> it's the Witch, but with two V's. Two V's. That's right. That's right. The Vivich. So I've, I've seen the Witch. Uh, I've enjoyed. I enjoyed that movie. And but I did not see the lighthouse, and I still need to see that movie. Um, but I do like this guy's style. He does a, a kind of a dark, I like a dark gothicy kind of feel, um, and um, a lot, a little bit. There's some mystery in there too. Um, I saw the trailer for this; it just looked really wild and insane. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I, I, I think. Have you seen the trailer for that movie at all, or seen the movie? I've seen little TV spots, um, and I've seen The Lighthouse, but I've never seen The Witch. Uh, so we're on opposite. We're the polar opposites there. We're flipped. But, um, that's something where, hey, if you want to see that movie together, we could see it together. That could be a fun Ooh. little, uh, uh, what's the word? Extracurricular activity. <laughs> Outside of dad mode. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, th- that, that could be a move for sure. That definitely could be a move. Um, that's on my list, too. We have the, we're, We both have the same... Lists. I mean, the same movie on our want to see list. So oh, okay, nice. Maybe, then, then we should we should make it a date then, sir. I think we should. Okay. All right. Let me find someone who will go with me. File not found. That's a file. That 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 movie. I think I think I think it's very interesting. Um, another trailer I saw. And this wasn't really something that was presented to me. I think I was just scrolling through YouTube or something. I was scrolling through something, and I, the cover looked really interesting. Um, this piqued my intrigue based on who I saw who was in it. Uh, this movie is called 3,000 Years of Longing. And this one has uh, Idris Elba. And I didn't know what the movie was even about, and I clicked it. And I'm watching the trailer, I'm like, this movie looks... Uh, weird, but it looks kind of like fun, and um, and I'm a huge fan of Idris. Uh, so after watching the trailer, I was like, "This is, movie looks interesting too." Like I, I would, I would just like randomly try to see if this movie like was like a fun ride. It kind of looks a little weird, and I, I'm kind of into like something with a weird little like angle or like an interesting storyline, like. I guess the genie thing's been done, but this kind of looked a, a bit, a little bit different. It had a little bit, a little edge to it, a little bit of fun, a little zaniness to it that uh, uh, intrigued me. So, um, that movie, I, oh, go ahead. Haven't heard of that one. That's the first one you've said that I haven't even uh, heard of that one. I'm pretty sure it, it's like they're only just advertising for it now. I'm not even sure of this recording if it's out. If it's out yet, but um, uh, three thousand years of longing, um, that 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 is on the list as well. And I come to the final movie titled Men, not Dad. Ah, uh, yes, yep. Not Mad Men, just Men. This 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 trailer. After seeing it, I think I heard somebody talk. Oh, I heard somebody talk about it on a podcast. And the way they described it made me say, oh, okay. So I went to find the trailer, watched the trailer to that, 
And this looks like a movie that's very much up my alley uh, of stuff that I would usually watch. Um, I lean more. I I definitely lean towards horror um, and like thriller movies, to be honest. Um, aside from my uh, lovely dramas, but thrillers and horrors usually do a, do a lot for me. And uh, this movie kind of fits the bill in that space. Um, creepy vibe, interesting plot line, very mysterious, dark. Um, the po- the poster for this movie if, if for the for the people listening type in men in google i think and the movie should come up or type uh, in men men movie 2022 maybe yeah men movie 2022 and uh look at the poster for that it's um it's 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 weird it's a weird creepy like guy in the poster um so that that sparked my intrigue and the reason why I'm bringing up these four movies is I haven't. It's been a. It's been years for me. It's been years since I've seen a handful of movies, trailers, or movie ideas that were original in the space that intrigued me all coming out around the same time. Um, and so it really sparked my interest, and it made me think. Yo, I'm actually going to have to go back into the theater again and start hitting some of these movies up. Because I usually, I, got, I really got to be pulled in to go to the theater. Like, I love movies, but I need to be in there for the right type of movie for me. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. these four movie, these four movies um, sparked my interest so much so that I have to, I got I to start hitting up the, got to start hitting the, the theaters to see them in real time. So, yeah, if, if we want to support, let me rephrase that. If we want more original movies, we got to support them when they're out. Because otherwise, if we're only seeing the uh, Doctor Man and uh, Iron Boy <laughs> and uh, the superhero movies, we're not going to get anything but superhero movies. And I like a lot of Marvel movies, so you know, mm-hmm. it's it's we got to do our part. I mean, my friend Tad, he got almost aggressive to people, not like two people, but he'd make a status like. Uh, my friends all complain about how there are no, uh, nothing but remakes and yeah. sequels, yeah. and yeah. then none of them are seeing this movie or whatever, you know, something like that. No, it's um, true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You got to see. He he basically was saying you need to see this in theaters, and I, I was like, oh, all right, all right. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad I did see everything everywhere all at once uh, in theaters. And I I don't know if it's still in there anymore, Jala. But if they, if it is, you should try to find some time to see it this weekend if you can, because it's a yeah, it's a life affirming movie. Let's all uh, go back to for sure, for sure. Um, I have one trailer that I've seen lately that I'm just kind of confounded by, and I'm not trying to bash the movie, but it's called The Black Phone, and it's uh, hmm, okay. It stars Ethan Hawke, and the first time I saw the trailer, I thought it was like a com- a college humor sketch. Uh, from YouTube, okay. because the way he portrays the lead character is very strange. Um, <laughs> starts out with a little kid uh, outside, and there's a creepy man who has sort of clown vibes, and he says, "Do you want to see a magic trick?" And uh, then he he then all of a sudden the kid winds up like in a dark room, and he can't mm-hmm. leave, and he's just like he's trapped in this dark room in a basement. And there's a there's some sort of black phone that if he picks it up, the guy gets mad, says, hey, that doesn't work. Don't answer it. I don't know. It's it's a very strange. It, it seems to involve like 
another dimension and the, but then there's also like a cop storyline so my question is how is this movie going to be grounded enough where we care about the cop storyline but then also go into these far off like other dimension type horror i don't know for horror you got to have rules because otherwise yeah. it falls apart and it's not scary anymore like yeah. nightmare on elm street it's about someone who's killing you in your dreams but there's rules to it like if you yeah. wake up if you're up and the character knows they're up Freddy's not going to get you, right? But. You have to you have to build a world around the concept that makes sense for the world. You can't step yeah. outside of the world that's built for the movie to do something that doesn't make sense for the world that you built or the 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 world that you built for the for the movie. I'm looking at it now, and the way you're describing it, this seems like another like weird horror. Like this is another one of these movies that seems up my alley too. With this, um, yeah. There, there are these movies, I think it's like every few years there's a horror movie that's so bad that it's like notorious. Um, and I think this <laughs> this has potential to either be one of those or like a mediocre movie. So I'm, right. I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's uh, I'm, I'm hoping that that one is a, is a pretty bad movie, which is weird to say. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Well, we'll we'll have to check in with you about those movies and uh, maybe we can do a report on uh, if we see any of them together. We'll do a Yeah, little... let's go. Yeah, let's do The Northman. I think The Northman would be fun. Okay. Um, yeah, because that one needs more support. That one, uh, everything everywhere has gotten a groundswell of support and good box office receipts. But For sure. The, the Northman isn't doing so hot right now. Got to pump it up. All right. And speaking of pumping it up, it's time for your segment. Jala's Fatherhood Corner. That's right, so- Daddy. We've made it to the dad uh, assessment. <laughs> of Don this episode. So I wanted to stop what I was saying previously to bring it up now. And um, it's the only piece that I wrote down because after this, we don't we get it we get a complete disconnect or a break off from Betty. And so the episode starts immediately starts with Don bringing up, breakfast that he i'm assuming put together himself and basically had this idea for breakfast in bed with her so it we find out later it's for mother's day uh, like a few moments after that but i wanted to mention that don is actually starting off on the right foot so to speak you know what i mean with betty he he's like this is like a gesture of somebody you know showing like oh yeah i care about my wife and this is mother's day i'm gonna make this you know make this meal you know this breakfast bring it up to her. i think it even had like a flower in the vase um attached to it with the juice and things like that and as soon as he starts with this positive note positive gesture towards betty he in, uh, qu- coincidentally falls on his ass and everything shatters and it made me think about Don and his relationship with Betty and this family structure that he has and how stepping all the way back and sitting from a top view of what's going on in Don's life it's almost like a weird signal to him about how he makes the effort for the family and the kids, right? And what does he get for it? <laughs> he gets... He, he trips, falls, 
and everything becomes a disaster, basically. Now, this is a metaphor for, I think this is almost like a visual metaphor for Don's relationship with not only his wife, but his family dynamic. Um, and when you were mentioning it earlier, it made me think about that. And I, it made me think like he started on the right foot. He, he gave it a shot almost like, uh, you know, I'm going to do this nice thing. And it wasn't like it's something hard to do. It was a very simple, it's like a simple, simple, but thoughtful gesture to his wife. And it kind of ended, uh, ended in, um, in spills, uh, so to speak. And, um, right after that, you know, we get Betty, you know, saying she wants more and, and then Don kind of flees the scene from it and basically is wrapped up the whole episode in, you know, studying about Israel and which leads to his feelings for Rachel and then having that unrequited feedback from Rachel and then him running over to uh, Midge, which is his usual go-to when he's feeling, you know, frustrated. Um, and he comes in there with a huff and um, tries to get something going with her. And she even has to kind of curtail Don and bring him in, bring her, bring him into her world, um, which is uh, where they ended up in a cute, like, uh, little... Um, hipster club or as they would call it back then beatnik club yeah um and uh you can see the juxtaposition of don style versus the woman that he's usually with which is midge and her her crowd which is like these uh free liberated beatnik characters and so um i thought her friend i thought her friend played the part uh well where he does seem like he's right out of the 60s the way he talks and um, absolutely his style so i, I want to give a shout out to that actor um he nailed the part you know, sometimes oh, yeah. on Mad Men, people will just seem more like modern people uh, mm-hmm. in the setting. But I totally feel like this guy was plucked right out of that time period. Just Super to believable. Because we didn't yeah. talk about him. We're probably not going to talk about him very much. Yeah. Super, super believable. Great actor. I think he did a, yeah, I think he did a great job in that, in that scene. Um, so, yeah, Don, Don's whole thing with the family structure is... Um, him giving, you know, him trying, but not, I don't think, he's not doing enough. You know what I mean? I don't think, again, we keep going back to this communication piece, and that seems to be a lot of the crux of their issue. And um, it's very glaring in this episode, and I think very metaphorical what happens in the in the first scene with the gesture to the family and it kind of, kind of crumbling down. Um, aside from that, there is not much else family related. I know that he has a little cute, proud um, smirk moment when, uh, when uh, Freddie is telling, um, when Freddie is telling uh, Don about some of the great brainstorming she did. And, that was cool. Um, yeah, and uh, Don has the little like proud little smirk. He's like, "Oh, okay." Like he, and I, I thought that was really cute. Um, but um, aside from that. Um, pretty low key for Don. Don Don's kind of trying. He's he's sifting around. He's trying to look for something. You know, he's trying to land on something. And um, like I said, first ep- first scene, shoot for the Betty. Doesn't really it doesn't quite work the way he wants. Tries to shoot for you know Rachel, and 
not exactly quite what he wants and uh, or what he gets is not what he wants and tries to end it with Midge and doesn't get what he wants if you, if you really look at it you know what I mean when you when you really yeah. look back at the episode he kind of strikes out in all three places in in a way what do you think about that no thanks Mike that's uh I uh I your analysis is very spot on and I hadn't even thought of it like that but I was almost thinking like the uh, flashback to his childhood didn't work with the the scenario that it's in which is it's on Mother's Day and he but seeing it through your eyes and through your intelligent observations I would say uh, it's almost like that's a glimpse into his inner thought process where Mad Men doesn't have like the characters thinking we don't hear their thoughts but this right. is a way for us to get the feel of his thoughts and his thoughts are why should I bother like it's not going to work out. I'm just going to fall flat on my ass. So right. why do I? Why would I even bother? Because it's not going to work out. Um, right. And then I don't think it's a coincidence that when that metaphor is taking place, it goes back and shows his inner child and you know him falling in another similar way as a kid. Yeah. And like his inability to connect to people and his inability to connect to his brother, his half brother. He he says that's not my brother. You know, yeah, he's not my brother. <laughs> then Uncle Max, like, uh, no, it's he yeah, is same father, same daddy. Or, yeah, yeah, same daddy, basically. Well, there you go. There's another dad connection for the show. But um, that's an important note to remember is that Don ultimately can't connect to people, but it's almost like he refuses to connect to people because he has to just keep on running. Yeah, he running has a lot of past. Loo- yeah, yeah, a lot of loose ends in his background, a lot of uncertainty and. And uh, not a lot of stability there. Yeah. As for Mod Men, I guess the ultimate message that I would take away for Mod Men, the stuff that rings true now, is um, the the fact that, sure, Freddie Rumson does give Peggy a shot. And mm-hmm. uh, he is genuinely talking to her like a real person. And uh, he seems kind of affected by her and, and how intelligent she is. But... The level of disrespect they show her in Don's office where they say it was like a dog learning how to play piano. So, so it's a lesser life. Yeah, it's a lesser life form learning how to uh, imitate higher life forms is how they're phrasing it. Right. Um, Freddie's got I, I a thought, lot of lines like that in this in this episode that just really annoyed me. Yes. But here's the thing about Freddie Rumson. If he can change this much in this one episode, he's showing a propensity to change. Is he not? I think so. I think so. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I'm with you on that ride. The, this episode is very for him. He has a lot of uh, fisted mouth. <laughs> yes, fisted, that's fisted the whole character, lines. though. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just thought it was funny that I just noticed, like when we hit record on the episode, I just realized you can't spell his name, his last name, without rum, and he is like every Ooh. other line is about him being an alcoholic, and his first shot on the show is him pouring, uh, I think it's vodka in yeah. orange juice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he's the resident alcoholic, and they're all drinking all the time. So if he's the alcoholic, then Ooh, he has a real yes. problem. Absolutely. He- <laughs> um, the thing I would just say, there's one part of the episode that I'm not trying to get social justice warrior-y. I'm not going to do that. But I think you would agree that Don tokenizes Rachel because... He says, I need your help with this because you're Jewish. And she makes yeah. it clear several times she doesn't know. She's not a very good 
Jewish person to ask about this stuff. She doesn't know. She's not very Jewish is what I think she says. <laughs> yeah, um, she's that. Um, yeah, I'm not very, I'm not very Jewish. Yeah, that, that was, um, Donald's trying to, he, he, he trying to be slick. He knows that. He, this is an excuse to see her. Oh, I, yeah, I know, but it's, it's also, <laughs> she's, she's probably gonna have many more moments where guys like Don, who aren't romantically interested in her, are gonna we'll say, use her that way. Yeah, yeah. No, you're so true. I, I just you're very this. true. And the social justice warrior part would be me canceling Don or saying that I hate him or <laughs> I, I uh, Don, you're in the dugout. Writing a five paragraph essay, which I have here. Uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. You're going to post <laughs> on it on Twitter, Twitter yes? <laughs> yeah. And then it'll say at the end, it'll say in parentheses one slash 352. <laughs> it's going to be a 352 tweet uh, takedown. <laughs> but all, all kidding aside, um, there's there's certain groups of people in at least in America that I know of that um, they're exhausted from always being asked, hey, what's your take on this situation? Like their their white friends always ask them about uh, a certain situation that took place in the media that uh, involves someone of their uh, cultural background or yeah, yeah. ethnicity or race or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So yeah. it's, it's just... Um, it's something that I, I think happens less now. I think there's more uh, awareness of, of not like doing that to people as much. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that on that line. Um, but I also want to give people grace enough to ask the questions because I think it's better to ask the questions than to either assume or, um, or not find the answers. You know right. what I mean? I think people run in, run the risk, um, run the risk of being, or can run the risk of being scared to approach somebody with questions that have to do with certain cultures because of maybe having those type of tokenish fears. Sure, and sure. Thinking that 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 information is only coming because the person is of a cultural background. Um, so I totally, I totally follow you with that, but I do want to give people the, I do want to give people the, the space for, um, getting the information. However you get that information, I think it's important to ask it. It's context based. I mean, if, if you're talking to your friend you've had for years who you talk to all sorts of, uh, you talk for all sorts of subjects about, mm-hmm. uh, and if you mention something that, you know, you want their perspective on. That's yeah. totally different than if I talk to a coworker who I haven't talked to for months and say, "Hey, did you see this?" and it's because of their, you know, uh, perfectly said, perfectly uncha- said. unchangeable uh, characteristics. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> perfectly said. That that's a, that was a great analogy. That's a great analogy, yeah. actually. That, that actually clearly says it. The the not being able to talk to other people is the problem we have as a culture right now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's almost like this is sort of a rough analogy, but like. When someone is grieving a loss, whether it's of a relationship or a, mm-hmm. of they've, they've lost someone, like someone they love has passed on. Yeah. One of the worst things that they can go through is people being too scared to talk to them about that subject. And they'll right. dance around it. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to uh, talk to the people you care about, about you right. know things that you, you genuinely want to talk to them about. 
if mm-hmm. if you're coming at it from a good place, then they'll know. They'll know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that it would be I would be remiss if I didn't mention that in the mod men section. Um, but Don needs to uh, get with the times, man. Yeah, man. So he's a little. He's moving a little bit slow. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> by the way a little bit slow. The um, the Exodus book that they talk about the movie came out in like December of 1960. So we have we have proof that this season takes place in 1960. Uh, mm. So that's nice because for that's some right. reason I I keep thinking that like the first season is 1961, but no, it's it's 1960. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a nice uh, it's a nice uh, pinpoint to 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 where where they currently sit. Which I yeah. like because the show does that a lot. They'll give you a lot of like cultural pinpoints to kn- so you know exactly where they where they where they yeah. sit. And it's not obvious. It's not silly. Like I don't know. In a show like this, it could get very silly very fast to be like, "Hey, did you hear that new Beatles song on the radio? I bet they're yeah. not going to be popular, right?" And that's all yeah. online. Yeah, um, yeah. But <laughs> instead, the show is more like that thing happens in the background so much so that we don't hear about the Beatles until. Um, maybe later on in their career, who knows what Madman's going to do with the Beatles? Maybe Absolutely. they don't bring them up. Maybe they don't at all. Maybe Wink. not at all. Okay. <laughs> um, well, good mad, I, a good Madman, man. Thank you. Uh, oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, good. I thought maybe. Yeah. I thought maybe ending it I'm on being a sarcastic. Wink was, yeah, I thought you were being sarcastic <laughs> after I ended it on a wink. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, that was a, that was no. authentic. Good, 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 uh, good Madman segment. Well, here's the final twist of the episode as we're wrapping things up. I didn't watch this two times. I only watched it once. Mm, could you tell the difference, audience? Yes, let me know. So use that hashtag, DadMenPodcast, and maybe use another one, hashtag uh, two, time, two Times a Fraud. <laughs> two uh, Times a Fraud. Yeah. The one, one take mic. One time Ooh. mic. No, yeah, one take one mic take. is good. Yeah, one take Mike one is really take. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like All right, that. Once one take Mikey. Uh yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's whatever harassment you want to do, I've earned I've I deserve it. And uh Yeah. Shame shame <laughs> on you for scorning me. <laughs> All right, folks. On that note, thank you for uh listening to this episode. And you can you can find us on uh Destiny Park Media. Uh that's TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And we're going to be posting clips from the episode every week. And yeah, go ahead and use that hashtag Dan, uh, Dad Men Podcast to share your thoughts on the episode. I was going to do something cute. Do you want Do you want to say the line this time like how Jones says it? I, I don't know if I or could. You... <laughs> you can't put the sexy voice on, man? Well, she wasn't Jeez, really... Dude, don't pressure me to do the sexy voice, man. <laughs> um, just kidding. You know what they say. The medium is the message. Adios. This has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.